Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The first four hours were simply in a moose bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Show you the one no dessert? Not for me. Yeah, I'm good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. Hi, brought to you by Extend. Tell us about the NFT stuff. This is what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for coming to our TED Talk. I hate when people say that on Twitter. It's another one of those overused formulas. It really bothers me. That and that when people go, Evan Mobley is good at basketball. Tweet. <laughs> Great. And and so it begins. There's yeah, a lot those of those things. things that I was see. my top tweet of December. Or the they, Did you really? I don't even no. understand the tweet convention, but it's where somebody puts two lines and then goes, nobody hyphen whatever I've done that. joke you're gonna make. I, I don't I get it. Stop. I don't even understand it. I don't get it. It's never made sense to me, but that that's why I'm not good on Twitter. Because it's people don't say it, and you're saying it's basically almost it's almost like a straw man. Like okay. no one's saying this, and you're yelling it. Yeah. And also, nobody asked for you to say it. That's true. Somebody sent me a thing of someone <laughs> sent me a meme of Lauren Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor <laughs> Greene yelling. I've seen all the memes, and it said, "Your mom's when Rick Rude took off his robe." <laughs> Still my favorite wrestler to this day. I gotta say it so good. What did he used to call the women? <laughs> sweat hogs. The sweat hogs. He used to call the women in Rochester. I don't know why Rochester always sticks out. Did they have more wrestling he matches in Rochester? In every city. I know, but I it always sticks out to me, Rochester. That's probably where you remember it. Yeah, probably. So we're going to talk. Oh, that reminds me. I got to take a couple pictures today. We're going to talk today with, I guess... He's somebody that I used to work with in college at Buckeye TV, The Lantern, I think, just all the student radio stuff. And you guys were best buds. Everything. No, I haven't talked to him in years, uh, and he's way more successful it's now than me. It's been 47 hours since our last, uh, our last uh, podcast because I left the thing running. It was 47 hours. You left what running? Since our last podcast. I have this. I keep the. <gasps> oh, you can't. Yeah, I keep can. the time on my phone, and it was still running. It said 47 hours. That's Ooh. right. So. The, the guy that we're going to have come on, I guess, is one of the foremost experts in NFT world. And this stuff came up, especially over the last week or so, because an NBA player, I guess he is being accused of defrauding his fans by getting into an NFT scheme or a scam. Who is that again? Depending, that's De'Aaron Fox. That's right. Who we all, all oftentimes compared to Colin Sexton, but not because of NFT stuff. Uh, they're using <laughs> NFTs as tickets. As ways to get in games, I think. Hmm. 
And not to mention just all the cryptocurrency and blockchain and all that world. And every time it comes up on the radio show, me and Ken go, we don't get this. We don't understand this. And we get tweets of people going, you guys are idiots. Get into this now. Make money off it. Mm. So I guess to give us a 101, we're not looking for a master's course here. We are looking to audit uh, essentially like seniors in high school would audit a, a, a class at Cuyahoga Community College or Lakeland Community College is, is the best I could put it. We are bringing on Steve Kaczynski right now. He's on the hotline. On the hotline. Right now. Steve, are you there? I'm here. How's it going? Okay. Do you even know our show? Have you even heard our show? I haven't talked to you in so long. Oh, yeah. No, I used to. I mean, I used to listen, uh, not the podcast, but I used to listen every single morning uh, on the way to work. So I'm, I'm quite familiar. Okay. And I should add, just because we're obsessed with people being successful, your brother is a real successful journalist, is he not? He is. He is. Yeah. He, he leads an investigative uh, group K file over at CNN. He's done pretty well for himself. Um, just shows that, I know. I know. Our, our college education was, was kind of pointless because he, he did not finish school and he's got that job. And here are we. So oh, what have we done with our lives? I am disgusted. Although I see you giving talks to uh, people in the Harvard community and I'm like, well, I guess we'll have him on now. So <laughs> with all that said, we're not going to talk sports. Maybe we will at the end because uh, I want Chris Holtman fired. And I know you're a basketball fan. <laughs> <laughs> Get to that later. Uh, NFTs. Explain to us in the in the most common sense. We are idiots. Give us the idiot's guide to why NFTs are something people are starting to say could take over the world and maybe already are. Yeah, no, this is this is great. Um, I, I can give a little context. I'll, I'll give an analogy that I think really helps. But to give some context. Um, sort of technologists and entrepreneurs are referring to NFTs as Web3. And, and to contextually speaking, Web1 was the general internet, which, you know, is websites, email, et cetera, which to a lot of people is probably one of the greatest innovations ever. Um, web2 would be the social web. So that's sort of Facebook, Instagram, and all the other places that, Anthony, you draw your self-esteem from. And then Web3 would be NFTs and the technology behind it. So when I say Web3 and use that term, that's what that means. Um, to explain NFTs sort of in a simple analogy, um, imagine that you go to a museum and you see this beautiful piece of art on the wall. Now, you can take a picture of that piece of art, but it's not going to be worth anything outside of, again, the sort of likes you get on Instagram, Lima. You can buy it at the gift shop, sort of a, a print of it, but that's not worth very much at all either. So the reason why the picture on the wall is worth so much money and the others are not is that it is the original the museum owns it, and they can prove both of those things. And up until recently, it was extremely difficult to do that with digital assets, whether it was music or video files or images. But now they can infallibly prove who owns a given asset and then apply benefits to that, which has, has an, uh, sort of a, a multitude of industries you could apply it to. But to give an example, because a lot of people say, well, I see these pictures online. Can I just right-click and save it and make it my profile picture on Twitter? And that would be no different than me making my picture on Twitter Ken Carmen, right? I, I could say that I'm Ken Carmen, but when it comes to get the functional benefits of Ken Carmen, like his big seven-figure checks from the Ken Carmen show with Anthony Lima, of course, um, I could show up. They may not know me, but when I go to validate with my driver's license, they'll say, you're not Ken Carmen. Or if I go to a bar, I'm not going to be flocked with the groupies that Liz has to fight off. Um, because they can validate with mm. their eyes that I am not the big daddy Ken Carmen. Mm. So that's a similar analogy versus, 
you know, as an example, with one of my NFTs, um, which is sold at, you know, not my personal one is not worth this much, but these Board Ape Yacht Club NFTs have sold at Christie's and Sotheby's for millions of dollars. Okay, and so let's stop you right there. Let me stop you right there yeah, because yeah, go ahead. I, I've seen these just because I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram. And I, I've seen the evolution of some of this. And just so people know, like the, the, the monkey thing, like if we were to go to, what is your Twitter feed right now? I followed you the other day, but I don't remember. What is it's, your... it's at NFT Bark, B-A-R-K. So a- NFT, then B-A-R-K. And your, pro- your profile picture is of what? Right now, it is actually what's called an on-chain monkey, which is from a company called Metagood that I work for. Um, it's fully on-chain, which is nerdy stuff there. But um, that particular one is, is, is what I'm representing because I work for that company now. Okay. And now it would appear that these are worth money right now? As, yes. At, would you call it, it is an NFT? Yes. So it's an NFT that is going to, like, the, the, the on-chain monkey is going to cost you I think the floor, meaning the lowest one Ken you can buy lost. right now. Hold on, is... Ken, Steve. Ken looks lost I already. Totally, we're, two, totally we're three lost. minutes Ken, in. in. We're three minutes in, and Ken is lost. So what do you do again? No, come so, on. Come on. I, I'm <laughs> lo- I don't understand it. It's like, well, wait, a guy can just. He said, no, you understood the analogy that he was talking about with why a, a print of a Banksy would not be worth nearly as much as the Banksy, the original, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what he's saying, is that for the longest time, a digital artwork, digital whatever, there was no way to prove that it was the number one, the original, the authentic. It's not a and facsimile. Now you can prove that? You can do that with anything. You can do that with anything in the world, right? But now it's reached digital stages. Yeah. So now you can prove infallibly if you own a digital asset, which, you know, that has applications across music, ticketing, sports, like you name it. Like there are more practical applications than a picture of a monkey on the internet, which is which is cool, but um, that's not necessarily, you know, where I think the future of that is particularly going. But so if someone right takes a picture yeah, of Anthony, nothing. if someone takes a picture of Anthony and puts it on the internet. Daryl Ryder, when I paid him to come to my birthday party, okay. my 40th birthday party. <laughs> and I can buy that picture. This is the first picture. I know for a fact. Is that what this is? Yeah, yeah. You could, you could, you could serial, uh, put a serial number on it. You could make 10,000 Anthony Limas with varying Anthony Lima traits. Okay. And you could sell them if, if people saw interest and there was value in that. The key is what value people add to them once you have it, because the picture itself is its the same thing as like you could own a baseball card of a random player from you can own an Alex Cole baseball card from the Indians in the 90s. It's not going to be worth as much as a Honus Wagner or Babe Ruth card. Um, so there are different values, to different NFTs because of the things that they come with. Um, so they'll do with them. So like a quick example with that board ape I mentioned, um, I've lent the uh, intellectual property rights of my board ape to 10 times New York Times bestseller, Neil Strauss, and so have some others. He's going to give us 50% of the revenue from his next book that he sells. Or I went to a party last year in New York that they were through in a warehouse with 1,000 people, and we didn't know what to expect, but they lined up Aziz Ansari to do a comedy set, Chris Rock to do a comedy set, Beck, The Strokes, Little Baby, The Apple's Artist of the Year, and we're 25 feet from all of it because we're in this club, and they can validate in our wallet, our sort of digital wallet that we own these, versus if you just took a picture of it and go and said, this is my sort of board ape, they wouldn't have let you in the door because they would have gone through that validation process and seen that you don't own it. By the way, there are people who think this is pre-recorded. It's now 10, 26, and 55 seconds. What do you mean pre-recorded? 
people, th- I'm getting tweets like, oh, this is pre-recorded. I go, no, it's no, not. No, no. This is absolutely live. No, so, okay, I, let's let's go through, uh, before we get to that ticketing application, all that stuff, because I find that very interesting. I do agree with you. I think this is going to be the future of a lot of this stuff. I mean, think of how people used to save their tickets to a concert in the 70s, right? And they have that, and you you would question, like, is that valuable? Is that valuable maybe only to the, the person who owns that ticket? So I do think there are really interesting ways that this is going to be used. De'Aaron Fox this NBA player for the Sacramento Kings who was going to start, what was this, a club of his fans, and you had to pay as an investment like $400 to get in, and it was going to be uh, using or or somehow involved with the metaverse and all that. Can you explain this controversy going on and why fans are upset with him? Yeah, yeah. Fans fans have every right to be upset with De'Aaron Fox. Um he, he, pulled, he pulled some shenanigans. And so uh, we've seen this from a few athletes and some different celebrities where it, it almost feels like, and I don't know if this is the case with Darren Fox, but it almost feels a little bit like a cash grab. They see NFTs, this novel industry, and they're like, we can make some money. So they sell NFTs to their fans and they make it like a digital fan club, which there are ways to make a very valuable digital fan club. Like if a musician, for example, made a digital fan club, it would be awesome because then those benefits as a musician got more popular would be worth more money and the fans' NFTs would be worth more. So that's the idea behind this. Is Darren Fox says, I'm going to give meet and greets, I'm going to give exclusive giveaways, chats, uh, opportunities to game with me in real life events, like these really cool benefits that if someone was a big fan of De'Aaron Fox and if De'Aaron Fox takes off and becomes, you know, a you know, world-class basketball player beyond what he even is, like, if LeBron did that same thing, it would be worth a lot of money because you'd want to meet LeBron and do all those things or, you know, any other player you can name that's at that superstar caliber level. But people bought it, and I think what he underestimated is the amount of work that goes into building and maintaining a community of people because they spend a lot of money on these things. I didn't see what his exact price was, but I'm guessing his price was probably somewhere anywhere between $300 and $1,000 would be my guess. I, I didn't see what it exact was. So if someone pays for that, they want to get some benefits back and he just didn't have the time during the season to provide them. The people he delegated wasn't doing it. And so then he did what a lot of people would say is called a rug pull in the NFT community, where essentially you just um, call it a day and take all your stuff down and just kind of shut down the project, which is effectively what he did. He you know, took all this money promising these benefits, and then after two months, he decided it was kind of too hard. It wasn't going to work. So he pulled down the website, the Discord, which is sort of the chat area where everything takes place. Um, and, and just basically apologized and said this doesn't exist anymore. So I think his fans have a right to be mad because we've seen this with other um, situations in the NFT community. Um, but athletes, there's always a, a degree of skepticism, whether they're being authentic or not. And I, I don't know that he was, or I think at the very least he underestimated what it was going to take to actually provide these benefits to his fans while doing a very demanding job in the NBA season. So that's that's sort of the long and short of it. So does this hurt the NFT business community, something like that? Yeah, like like is the cynicism behind it because of uh, an, an actor like this, would that at all ruin the integrity or the credibility of this as a whole? Uh, it, it, it hurts the uh, credibility of athletes and celebrities that come in. So in the NFT community, like people see these things and they generally spot them pretty quickly and say, okay, like this feels a little bit cash. Like LaMelo Ball did one that felt like it was going to be a little authentic and then he hasn't been quite as involved, but it was kind of cool. It was like the better he performed, the more it was worth for his fans. But 
Um, I don't think it necessarily hurts the NFT community as a whole. Um, there, there's, you know, I think that the technology itself, like I mentioned, will have so many applications. But I think that you know, for people in the NFT world who are buying and selling NFTs, it does. And I think for people who maybe are Deer and Fox fans and it was their first NFT, they, they probably do have a sour taste in their mouth, um, just like any other investment vehicle early on. If you look at the dot-com boom in the early 2000s, right, there was like, you know, pets.com and there was Amazon and they're just two different sort of, you know, things right there. What are the other innovations that um, are, are it's, it seems like sports is at the forefront of a lot of the NFT stuff? You also mentioned music as well. So obviously celebrity and entertainment, but what are some of the other applications and innovations that are happening in the sports world with NFTs? Yeah. Tickets is one that I'm, I'm super bullish on. So Right now, so I used to be a Browns ticket season, uh, season ticket holder for years, even the 0-16 years. And any time I bought those tickets, I knew at the beginning of the season it was the equivalent of buying spoiled milk. Like, even though you kind of hoped, you knew that it wasn't going to end very well. So when I purchased those tickets, they'd sometimes give me things like a meet and greet with the team where it's like they mail something to my house and I get to go. Um, so through those season tickets, if those are sort of on the blockchain, they're NFTs uh, instead, so they're all digital – they can just drop that into my wallet, right? Drop that meet and greet ticket. Now that may sound like a small thing, but for me, that means if I can't make it or I just don't want to go, I can find someone who does and sell that ticket to them online. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be, it's a seamless marketplace where everybody can buy, sell and shop and find what they want. The Browns can actually put a secondary royalty in there. So every time I sell it or someone else does, they make more money. And this can apply to all my tickets, including those preseason tickets that really shouldn't be the price they are where I can do that online. Um, it makes it so that those ticket brokers aren't necessarily gouging the money out of you. So if you look at some of those major ticket brokers, which I won't name any in case you guys have them as sponsors, but Smart. the idea Thank being, you. Um, the idea being a lot of them take a lot of money for each ticket sale. Well, if the team drops me my season tickets directly, they can take like two and a half percent of every sale that I have, and they make more money without going through the broker. I make more money without going through the broker. So it kind of eliminates that position. Um, but even cooler than that, Going back to the example of the Browns not being very good, they could, at the time, um, they could build in benefits to these tickets where through this sort of digital technology, they could randomize it so that every season ticket holder at a game, so let's say it's the end of the season, it's week 14, Browns aren't doing so well. Um, I can, they can say, like, look, for your ticket, we're going to randomize so 100 of you win field access, 50 of you win exclusive merch, um, 10 of you win a signed jersey from the game or something. And then that makes my ticket more valuable, and I can, again, sell that before the game or go to the game and enjoy those benefits. Um, And to Lima's point, it's a cool keepsake. Um, It it makes it so that, like, if you're at Tom Brady's final game as as an NFL player or final Super Bowl, that holds value. Uh, But, again, people could potentially forge and sell those on eBay or, you know, can you authenticate it, can you not? Like, what do you do with that? If it's digital, it is infallibly proved as the correct one because you can tell, you can look right there online and know for a fact this is not a forgery. Do we lose Steve? I think we lose. We lost him. Oh, you didn't hang up on him, did you? Because he was talking way over, way over all of our heads. We'll try to reestablish connections. What I want to know is, like, who has oversight over any of this? So if I sell Ken Carmen one of these NFTs, is it is it taxed? Uh, what laws... I have no idea. Am I under right now? Like right now, is legislation up to speed um, on something like this? I would imagine this? not. I would imagine a lot of it's like the world, the Wild West. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that's the case. I right, try to call him back. He says uh, he says he's been disconnected. 
And also, like, if I gave this to you as a gift, is that taxed? Is that something? Because Everything Uncle Sam's going to get his paws on. Right, so I, I really wonder, is every baseball, and, and basically every team, colleges, all the way up, are they all going to be in a rush to monetize well, all I of think, this? I think that this would fall under NIL, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think this is an easy one, especially if you're, like, a really good player. Mm-hmm. And you spend, so, like, if you're a number one recruit and you're playing a year, you're, you're like a freshman starter at Akron. Yeah. Go with me for the fantasy. You could sell NFTs because they got, they got first dibs. Do we have Steve back? I think we have him. Hello? Hey, sir, I rug-pulled you guys. That's my bad. Ah, oh, my God. Up on you. Hey. Uh, I'm and Fox. Yeah, we, we were, well, we were hey. wondering – is first of all, who's governing? Is there any kind of oversight over this? Is legislation up to speed on how quickly this is evolving to where uh, people that do that, that, that if there's wrongdoing or anything like that, they get in trouble? Are there taxes on some of these? Can they be given as gifts? Are they tax free? Or how does all of that work? Yeah. So right now, it's it's decentralized and governance has not caught. Most people that I know look at it from a tax perspective, and this is not financial advice to anybody, Mm. that you basically will uh, take any money you take out as ordinary income. So if you sell it and pull it out, because they're not they're not the same as sort of artwork or anything like that. Um, So so that hasn't particularly uh, caught up as far as the regulation goes. And uh, what was your other question? I'm sorry, I forgot that first part. Well, just who killed Kennedy? Yeah, we want to know. And do you have an NFT to explain it? Yeah, grassy knoll. I mean, clearly, no. The um, as far as like the people controlling it, there's there's not. It is like again, the decentralized nature means that nobody's in control, and that's actually kind of a thing that people enjoy in that space. Um, if you saw with you know with various charities, people will donate using cryptocurrency because it's instantaneous instead of the money going across borders. So it's similar to NFTs in that way that it's completely decentralized and makes it quicker. Um, so there's no central governing body. There are sort of central custodians who sell, who are marketplaces. So just the same way you have like eBay or Amazon, there are places like OpenSea or Coinbase, which is coming out with an NFT platform. Mm. And that's where you sort of buy and sell them, but nobody governs them. So it's like if I accidentally send you an NFT, you have no obligation to send it back. And there's really no way to get it back. Um, there are some platforms like NBA Top Shot and NFL All Day, which are sort of collectible sports collectibles marketplaces that are centralized so they can help you with that stuff. But generally speaking, most NFTs are just sort of the wild west. All right, so these teams, what we know for sure about any sports franchise, uh, it's it's like any other type of business. The goal is to make as much money and monetize every aspect of your business as humanly possible. Is every team right now racing to figure out what this does to their valuation what this do- does to their Forbes, you know, uh, uh, to show up on a Forbes list of how much a team is worth. Can the can the Cleveland Guardians go from being worth maybe w- once there's gambling that's legalized everywhere, worth maybe $1.5 billion to because of their stewardship of NFTs, the Guardians could be worth $3 billion overnight because of this? Yeah, they certainly could. That was a good question. That was a very good question. Um if, if they if they were trying to uh, if they did it in a very thoughtful way and tied tangible benefits to these, they absolutely could. Um, there are a lot of sports teams that are looking into this. I and some of the uh, venture capitalists and other people I've talked about have looked into to sports in various ways because if you again the season ticket example is a really good one because you could tie in 
really good tangible benefits to that. And then it benefits the team. It also benefits the team to be better if they do that, because let's say that the guardians um, issue an NFT and these people who buy these, maybe let's call it, you know, 3000 NFTs, 5,000, 10,000, whatever the number is, they get at least one game where they get field access, uh, one game where they get access to a box, they get certain, you know, other benefits inside the park. Well, then um, if the Guardians are good and they become, you know, a contending team, those benefits become worth significantly more. So now if you're a fan and you bought this NFT for $500, it might be worth $5,000 because the Guardians are a very competitive baseball team. And the reason why it benefits the Guardians to do that is because if they take a portion of every secondary sale in perpetuity of those NFTs, meaning that if I sell it to you and you sell it to Ken – they get 5% of my sale to you and 5% of your sale to Ken. Um, the better they are, the more expensive they are, the more money they make with this secondary revenue stream. So it actually benefits the teams to build in, um, in you know, good things to these NFTs that the fans can take advantage of. It benefits the fans because they can profit alongside their favorite team if they're good or just get that extra misery if they get bad and the value goes down. And it kind of has this benefit where they create another income stream as a, as a, on top of just the general sale. And they can sell as many of these as they want, but the key is always tying some level of utility or benefit to own uh, because otherwise people have no reason to buy them unless they have a really, really emo- strong emotional tie to them, if that makes sense. All right, Phil Mickelson made news in all the bad ways, the worst ways possible, siding with uh, you know a, a foreign government, a bad actor, at least the way that we see these things. But I thought he made a point about NFTs and whether or not the PGA Tour should own you know, their athletes' NFTs or whether you should have independence uh, over over your NFTs. So how is this going to work with sports, with, say, my next negotiations with my radio station about whether I could own my own NFTs, as valueless as they might be? How is this going to work in every aspect of life? What about a high school basketball player? He throws down the biggest dunk in a game, and who owns that NFT? Is it the high school? Is it the person who took the picture? Is it the athlete? Like, how is this going to work going forward? Yeah, that's that's a great question, and it honestly could be all of the above in different ways. So, the athlete himself, if, if someone takes a if someone takes a photograph and it's like fair use, and they were there like as a licensed photographer that photographer actually owns that particular highlight. Um, the same way that that athlete themselves could say, well, I own the actual official one and get a video of themselves doing that and sell the same piece. So it could be all of the above. Um, my general perspective on uh, my general perspective on athletes within leagues is I think it would be a shame if the leagues themselves regulated what the athletes can do in their own platforms because the athletes can offer other benefits. And this isn't necessarily one people are running out to buy, but I like, for example, I I didn't because I had other things that I was doing in New York that night, but I could have gone to Des Bryant's birthday party in New York because his NFT comes with a benefit. The the Cowboys, former Cowboys receiver had comes with a benefit of going to his birthday party on top of these other things in New York at Jay-Z's club. So there's various benefits that they weave in. Um, it was the same night as that concert I mentioned earlier, so I had to cheat. Oh, you get to but do like, a lot of cool things. That's awesome. Yeah, but um, but um, my point being is that um, these the if you take it from the individual athlete, it takes the power out of their hands to say what is the unique benefit I can bring to the table um, versus the teams who I think can make money through things like again I mentioned NBA Top Shot. Now NBA Top Shot is a collectible platform where you can own moments, so sort of 
you know, dunks from, you know, LeBron or whoever it may be that that's kind of, you know, Steph Curry threes, all those things. Um, the, the league is involved in those. So they're making money off that platform. And nobody even actually knows it's an NFT platform because they do such a good job hiding the complicated stuff. And, yeah. you know, you mentioned at the beginning, Ken, Ken was like, oh, Ken's lost already. Like, I think a lot of people do because it's complicated technology. Just like computers, people didn't use computers when they were made for programmers. People use computers when Apple hid all the complicated stuff and just made them. So when we, we all use a personal laptop, we click, we go to the Internet, that's it. Um, and that's what uh, the NFT world will eventually go to is they will hide all the complicated onboarding stuff. All the jargon I'm using now will disappear. And it'll be like NBA Top Shot where you just log on, create an account, use a credit card. And like a sports card, you buy a moment of your favorite player. All right. You, finally, are you getting back in on Brown season tickets? <laughs> I, I, I don't. I just don't have the time to, to, to go to them anymore. Well, you've got parties to go to in New York City. Hard. You've got you got to go to Soho. You've got to go to Chelsea. <laughs> I mean, there's all these cool things that you are getting to do because you understand this world that we – and I'm curious if our listeners I, – I guess let us know because will this be controversial if we play some of these clips on the air tomorrow? Will people be bored, Owen? Owen says they'll be bored. I am fascinated by this. <laughs> you can understand, though, why some people would be totally confused on all of this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 go, I run into it all the time. In fact, I'm, I tend to – my parents didn't know that I was – I was into NFTs for – I got into them last year Thanks around for the this tip. time frame. Oh. My, my parents didn't know I was doing this until – I wrote the Harvard Business Article review, uh, review article in November. So when I wrote the HB article in November, that was the first time they knew that I had gotten into this world because it's such a complicated world and such a hard thing to explain that I just I, – I, like, I found if you tried to reach out to people about it, 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 it's a lot more difficult. And so you know, I'm, I'm open to always talking about it, but I think you're exactly right. It's complicated. It can be very boring. It's not necessarily a lot of things people want to listen to. And I totally get that. And I understand that. And, you know, does not uh, offend me in the slightest. I think we won't know that we're using NFTs when they apply to like music and tickets and medical records and everything else. It'll just be a part of our lives that makes our lives tangibly better across the board. Steve, I appreciate your time. Uh, I don't know if we'll have you on again. I, I am into this. <laughs> it might just be me and you. It might just be me and you in Can New I York. ask Steve a question? Oh, God. Oh, God. Here we go. No, I just want to know as a guy, a, a fan like me who goes to a ton of Guardians games, right? But I go and I stand general admission. Are they going to price me out of this stuff? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it'll be – I think you're going to be very well um, – and they what they'll have is different tiers of membership right. sort of with the team, and I think that that is the way – you know, I mean, and again, real quick, like one crazy idea they could do that would bring you in in, in an interesting way. Um, like they could fractionalize ownership of the team if they really wanted to down the line, if they want to get crazy. So you could theoretically be a part owner of the Guardians if they just made NFTs that fractionalize that ownership. So you own like X amount, almost like the way the Green Bay Packers do it. So that could be a future application as well that doesn't only price you, not price you out, but makes you almost more uh, invested within the team. So I can do, because I go to games strictly to get drunk in right field. So Yeah, no, that's that, that's good choice. They yeah. can now <laughs> sell me a highlight of Fran Mel Reyes hitting the scoreboard, and as long as I own that, I get 50 beers with it. Yeah, they, that could be, that is a exact application that they could do, where you buy this thing and they say, because of that, you get your 50 beers. And you could choose, like, they could issue, like, this NFT in the park, 
gets you tickets and access to, you know, the field. This one gets you free beers at every game. So they can make it so it sort of pays for itself in that way. Okay. Makes sense now. I'm good now. All right, Steve. Well, it, <laughs> it, it'll be up to our – you might just have to be our technology guy going forward. I, I, I don't know. It seems like you have a much you better handle. Harvard. You spoke to Harvard. Uh, they think they're better than me. They can kiss my ass. You're Steve. an elitist now. <laughs> And you're you're from Northeast Ohio, right? How do you like them apples, Steve? Yeah, yeah that's right. I got her number. All right, Steve. Thank you very much. We will correspond. All right, thank you. Help me make money. Thanks, if these guys Steve. are too are too stupid to understand, you'll help me make money behind the scenes. Thank you. He's talking to Owen now, so you hang on. Okay. Hey, we. I. Oh my God, I just remember this. I'm sorry, Owen. I know you want to get out, uh, but we're brought to we're brought to you by Extend. Oh, we're fine. Oh, okay. I just I didn't know what what you were saying. You hung up on him. I didn't know. Sorry. We got to do the movie thing. It's a new month. We oh, got to pick yeah. the movie. Oh, that's right. And I kind of already have one. I kind of already have what one now. Because you just made me think of it. I got a number. What do you think of that? How do you think? How, what, what, bleh. what do you think of them apples? Right. Goodwill hunting. Because I'm sitting there going, because the, when you were on the phone with him and Lima was wrapping it up, I'm like, but I do have a degree and you'll be feeding my kids French fries on a way to the ski trip. I go, what, with a history degree? Really? You're going to make that much money from a history degree? Maybe you will. Maybe I'm full of it. But I don't know. I didn't think, my kids are going to be on a ski trip. Well, then you're probably using the money that your family already has to go on ski trips. Like me, if I would have made a bunch of money at 25 years old, I'm not picking up skiing. Does it make sense? Yeah. But now now I kind of want to do the review of Goodwill Hunting right now. But I don't want to do that because we have to give the proper... Right. Like right. we, so well, that's what we're officially doing. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Because I, I thought it was more of like a you and Anthony thing. Like you pick the movie, we watch the movie, and we discuss the movie. Yes, yes. So I'm not just going to Trojan horse you guys because uh, you used the thing about Harvard at the end of an interview with Steve Kaczynski. I don't want to do that to that no. guy. Nice guy, by the way. That's yeah, That was fun. It I was, know. It was live. It was in person. He clearly has made a fortune on this. Good for him. Right. Right. He I could. would hope he did. Definitely. It sounds like Steve and I would not be hanging out. Unless he Actually, helped you I make disagree. a fortune on this. He, he seems like a nice yeah. guy, so you probably he does, would. Yeah, like, he probably, but I'm not a nice guy. That's the difference. You're a nice guy. He wasn't yeah. a jerk. He was not a jerk. For uh, a second, I'm like, man. I, and then he was like, he's really nice. Dean Moriarty says this is a total grift. Well, it's like anything, right? It's like anything. Well, what do you think about that, Bitcoin? That, what do you think oh, about any you crypto? Know well, you know what I think. Of I it. have a friend that just built a freaking million dollar home in Westlake on crypto. You could call it a grift, but it worked for him. I still think it's a grift. But he has turned something that is I not. Hope, is I it, don't know what non fungible means, but yeah. I think it means not real, right? Or not yeah. existent. I just don't. Right? He turned be, it into an existent thing. I just don't want to be holding the bag at the wrong time. Is this different from stocks? Stonks? Is this, is this any different from stocks? Stonks? Right Stonks? Now, if how did you trade anything? Didn't you get it on AMC? Yeah. Okay. As a gag, I, I didn't put like a hundred grand sure. out on AMC. Sure, but if you're gonna call this a grift, you have to call stocks a grift, Stonks? right? Stonks? Don't you? Sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, and in the sense that people base their retirement on that okay. stuff. Okay. Secondary you know? tickets. Yeah. What about secondary tickets? Because market? I'm totally in it. When you go top shot and you go, hey. You get to own the video of Isaac Okoro, you know, making a still. Like, I don't care. But if you tell me if I own that video and now I get to go into the game an hour early before everyone else and get to be on the court during shoot-around, that's a big damn deal. put me in there. That's a big I'm, I'm in on that. And if you think about that, that's a great way. That, that is a revenue stream for a, for a team like the Guardians. There right? is no doubt these teams are 
are jumping Think over each that. other before it's heavily regulated, before these leagues figure out autonomy course, over this stuff. The Money is all that's going to matter for these teams, and this sounds just like the gambling. The gambling has become a huge revenue source for all these franchises. In the yes. Rocket so guess what you're going to get? You're going to get NFTs, and they're going to make you understand it. They're going to talk down to you. They're not going to talk down to you. They're going to try to take you in as a partner. You saw all these people get in on it with De'Aaron Fox, and now they're out of money, but it's not always going to go badly. I'm sure with some of the guys. And now they're out of money. But it's it's the same as buying scratchers, right? Like, I, yeah, I should know what I'm doing with my own money to go, mm-hmm. ah, I probably shouldn't be putting my money in there. You should you, always there, have You never know what the payoff is. You should have something that's backed by the But by not the everybody government. lives that lifestyle. Good luck to all of them. I mean, what about when people traded cards? And people back. still trade cards. People still are into... Here's how big it is right now, Anthony. So you can't buy... My boys, five years ago, we started the thing on Christmas. For their stocking gifts, we bought them new packs of cards. You can't buy new cards anymore. People are so putting what, each other out in a Target so, room. So we had Wyatt, who just turned 10. His birthday was like a month ago. He really wanted cards, wanted cards, wanted cards. I went into a grocery store one night. They are now buying your old cards, and if they're in good shape, they just repackage them. So I bought him a, a hundred NFL cards of of no name players. How much are my baseball put, cards like, worth now? They put one guy on the front, so you go, okay, it's worth it for the six bucks or whatever. Is but is it? I, is it time to get out of my baseball cards? It it's the same as reselling your games to GameStop. So you're not gonna get rich on it, oh, right? Like mind. my Santa Claus card from Pro Set. Well, well, now that one. My Dale Murphy error card. I don't want it. Then I don't want to do that. Then because when I went in, like when I I tell the, the famous story of the PS3. Where I said I went in knowing I was going to get hosed for my PS4. I just wanted a PS3 that badly, and I didn't want to meet some stranger on Facebook Marketplace and do any of that. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to this place. It wasn't GameStop, by the way. It's the one that Alana used to work at over at NCX. Yeah, I know what you're talking so about. So I went there, and people were like, you're going to get ripped off. I go, I know. I don't care. I want the PS3. But it was worth it for you because yes. you'd rather have that. Yes. It played the... The one thing you want yeah, to do, because I, I I sold I sold the PS4, which it wasn't like like honestly, it was like twenty bucks off the original price because it was brand new, so it was like okay I didn't get full price because I didn't use it, it was in a box I used it like twice, and so I got like twenty bucks back of what it what what originally was or twenty bucks less than what it originally was, and then I used whatever they gave me for. The PS3, and then I bought NCAA football and a few others. I got to buy like ten games with it, with the PS3. Right, so it worked out because the PS3 was in good shape, so everything was fine. So then I got my NCAA football and Gran Turismo. I got F1. I had NASC like two NASCAR games. I bought Grand Theft Auto. Oh my God, that's right. I bought GTA. And yes, you immediately go and you get the passwords, you get the uh, the, the the cheat codes, and I really can't say what else I did <laughs> after that. You buy hookers, you go buy hookers. That's what you. I do. think that's the whole point. Yeah, of it. with GTA, but um, my whole goal is for our show to be one of the radio stations you can switch to while playing GTA. Could you imagine that? I think uh, I know O and A. I thought got on one of those. I would love to be on one of those. I think that would be such are an we, honor. Are, are we good for that? Are we a fit? Or do you think more Baskin and Phelps would be a good fit? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 